Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park and 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. God said he will by no means clear the guilty, yet he'd appear to clear Old Testament saints without punishing their sins. You see, that's what it appeared he was doing until he set forth Jesus Christ on the cross. He set him on the cross, why? In order to publicly declare before the whole world that man's sin has been dealt with, that Moses' sin was punished. God took that sin and put it on Christ. Jacob's sin, cheater that he was, put on Christ. Abraham's lie, put on Christ. David's adultery, David's murder, put on Jesus Christ. God did deal with their sin, but until that happened, there was a scandal in the universe. And men said that God had been unjust. One popular misconception of God is that of a celestial ogre, one who arbitrarily lets wickedness run free while using his huge club on the innocent. Well, that's an understandable view if one ignores the cross. But when Christ took our punishment, he proved beyond all doubt that he is both just and merciful. This is Verse by Verse, and our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside since 1981. These daily broadcasts are adapted from his messages through the work of Verse by Verse Ministries. We have probably all heard stories about crooked judges. They let their guilty friends go free and they throw the book at anyone they don't like. We talk about salvation as a free gift. Is God turning a blind eye to sin? Is he a crooked judge? As we will hear today on Verse by Verse, the cross says no. The cross brought together God's mercy and his justice. If you have your Bible ready, we will start at Romans chapter 3, verse 25. Here is Pastor Steve. Well, then we come to our third word. Look at verse 25. This is the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. Now, that's a big word, propitiation. I can hardly say it. In fact, I can't say it without spitting. It's good that only my wife is in the front row because she'll forgive me. For propitiation, in pagan circles, it meant the appeasing of divine wrath. Appeasing of divine wrath. False deities in the minds of, of people were malicious. They were gods of anger and malice. If the people wanted anything from them, such as victory in battle or, or rain or, or crops or harvest, they paid them off. They bribed them. Sometimes they did it with the sacrifice of their children. They appeased them by all sorts of things. But when it comes over into the New Testament, it doesn't mean that because our God 
is not a vindictive, malicious God who needs to be paid off. The word is the same, but the meaning is different. When you think of propitiation, you do not think of God being bribed. He doesn't need that. But God has been offended by our sin, and his holiness and justice needs to be, here's the word, satisfied. Satisfied. When you think of propitiation, think of satisfaction. The justice of God demanded satisfaction. The law and the lawgiver said when the law was broken, there must be payments. God said that. It's his nature. It's his character. He needs to be satisfied. Because as I said, God isn't only a loving God. He's also a holy, righteous, just God. And the holiness of God demands that when his law is broken, there must be a punishment. There must be payment, payment or else his holiness won't be satisfied. When Christ died, when he hung on that tree, God's holiness was completely satisfied. That's the point. Satisfied. The demands of the law and of a holy God were completely met. Christ died in my place. Christ died in your place. The judgment of God that I deserve, that you deserve, fell on Christ. In his redemption, when he, when he paid for my sin, he not only was paying for my sin, he was paying the price that, that God's holiness demanded. The, the justice and holiness and righteousness of God was completely satisfied in the death of his son. Now listen, now that that payment was made, now that justice was satisfied, God was able to reach out in love and mercy and grace and provide for us his gift of righteousness. In other words, his propitiation and the satisfaction of the justice of God meant now that God was free to act in mercy and love. His, his, his love was free to operate, though he always had that desire in his heart. He could not operate in love and mercy and grace by providing righteousness for us when there was sin on our record. But when Christ died, it was erased. And God was satisfied. He paid the price. The price that I didn't pay. That I wouldn't pay on my own. But he paid the price. He couldn't reach out in love, giving man righteousness while his holiness wasn't satisfied. God would then, if he did that, be compromising. He always works in cooperation with himself. You see, that's why God can't just say, I forgive you. Some people think that salvation is just coming to God, and it's saying, God, I confess my sin, and God says, all right, you're forgiven, and the cross means nothing. And some people have said that, and I, I heard recently where one religious, religions professor said that, that the death of Christ was the most foolish thing in the world. Because God could have just said, I forgive you, and it would have been taken care of. Why did he have to send his son to die? He missed the whole point. God cannot just say, I forgive you. It's excused. God can't just excuse sin. Why? Because not only is God a God of love, but he's a God of holiness. He had to deal with sin. And when that was done, his wrath was turned away. It was satisfied. That's why our, our salvation required the death of Christ. God couldn't in love forgive as long as his justice and holiness were unsatisfied. 
those who put their trust in Christ receive that righteousness. God is free to act. And this is so important that most people do not understand this. The justice of God. You see, it cost God everything. It was free to you, but he paid for it. He paid for something you didn't pay for, that you and I deserve to pay for. That is grace, undeserved favor. God is perfectly consistent with himself. He can't violate his nature, and he wouldn't violate his nature. God of love wants to forgive, but a God of holiness must punish sin and uphold his righteous law and holy demands. Now, when you understand that, you have understand, understood the heart of the gospel. You have understood what the death of Christ really means, and it's staggering. It is absolutely staggering. It, 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 is, it is not just Christ died for me, that's it, I believe. That's all part of it, but this is the theology behind the scenes. This is why God can do it. This will make you appreciate your salvation so much more, so much deeper. You see, because you realize it's all of God's grace. God provided it all. See, this is his provision of righteousness. What his justice demanded, his love provided. That's the point. God has done it all. And the question is, why? Why did God do it? Why did he provide his son to be a satisfaction for our sins? Why did Christ die on the cross? You say, well, I, I, I understand to, to satisfy his justice. But why? Why would God do that? You say, because he loves me? That's part of the answer, but I, I want you to know, and I'm going to tell you something that may astound you, the primary reason that God set forth Christ as a satisfaction for our sins was not because he loved us. Thank God the cross tells us he loved us. Thank God that's one reason and that's involved in it. But that's not the primary reason. In fact, the primary reason that, that God the Father sent Christ to die for us had nothing to do with us at all. Now that's humbling. But it had nothing to do with us at all. The primary reason God set forth Christ as a propitiation for sin was to publicly declare that God was righteous. Above all other reasons, Christ's death declared the righteousness of God. Look at verse 25. Whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation or satisfaction in his blood through faith. This, now he explains it, this, here's the reason, this was to demonstrate what? His righteousness. Now look at this next phrase, and it'll explain it, and I'll have to explain this phrase. Because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. In the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like God is saying that he has forgiven sins in the past. That's not what it means. In fact, the King James Version puts it this way, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. And it just gives the impression that God is saying that he has forgiven our past sins. Now, thank God they have been forgiven, but that is not what this verse means. It is really a poor translation in both King James Version and in the version that I use, the New American Standard. What is, what is it saying? He's not talking about our past sins forgiven. He's talking about sins of people in the past, Old Testament believers. Now, let me explain. During Old Testament times, there were people who had a personal relationship with God, with Jehovah. 
If you look over at Romans 4, you'll see that Abram was one of those. Verse 3, for what does the scripture say? And Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteous. The same righteousness that we have, Abraham had. If you look down in this passage, you'll see that David was declared righteous by God and forgiven. There were people who had fellowship with God. They were right with God. They were forgiven. They were declared righteous. When they died, they went to paradise. Yet they were sinners, rotten sinners. And God didn't punish them. And he didn't send them to hell for their sin. And the accusation of people down through the ages was, how can God do it? God is not righteous. They said God, if he was righteous, would punish their sin. How could he let them get away with it? Indeed, that is one major argument that skeptics use against the gospel. If God is good, why does he allow sin? We will see what the Bible says about that in just a moment. Let's pause first to greet those who have just tuned in. We are glad to have you with us here today. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We have been digging deeply into the book of Romans over the past several weeks. We have clearly seen that none of us has within ourselves what it takes to get to heaven. But we see here in chapter 3 that God, in His mercy, offers us a way. Let's see how he can do that and how we need to respond if we want to take advantage of this amazing offer. A number of years ago, there was a group of atheists, and they published a tract, even atheists published tracts. And though they didn't believe that there was a God at all, they wanted to mock the Bible's God. And so they declared in this tract that the God of the Bible was unrighteous. And this was their argument. They said, how can Abraham be called a friend of God when he lied. He did lie. There was a man of faith. He lied about Sarah, said she was his sister. She was his wife, not his sister. They said, how can Jacob cheat and lie? And then God calls him a prince and says that he is the God of Jacob. How can God do that, they said. What kind of a God is this? They said, how can Moses kill and then God not punish him, but rather he turns around and he has Moses preach the message, thou shalt not kill. They said, what hypocrisy. How can God do that and say that he's righteous? And then finally they said, how can God say that David was a man after his own heart? And we all know that David committed adultery and he murdered. What kind of a God is this? I want you to know everything they've said, the charge they have said, is absolutely true if God did not deal with these men's sins. And the sin of every Old Testament believer who God said was declared righteous, God would be unrighteous if he did not punish their sin. He's unrighteous and he's, he's, he's unjust. And the atheists have a very good point. If God declares them righteous and he hasn't dealt with their sin, then he is correctly accused of being unrighteous. And that's exactly what Old Testament mankind was accusing God of. They said, he may speak about justice. He may speak about righteousness and holiness and punishment for sin. But if he forgives people without punishing their sin, then he is unrighteous in his behavior. They said it's not moral, nor is it right to forgive without punishing. They're absolutely right. That was the charge of man. 
As someone said, for, for thousands of years, a scandal existed in the universe because God appeared to be unrighteous. You say, wait a minute, but what about the Old Testament sacrifices? Don't they prove that God is righteous? Not really. Everyone knew. There was no Jew who thought that the, the blood of bulls and goats and lambs could, could take away their sin. They understood that. In fact, that's the message of Hebrews. Couldn't do that. Could only cover them for the time being. That couldn't make anyone righteous. God said he will by no means clear the guilty, yet he appeared to clear Old Testament saints without punishing their sins. You see, that's what it appeared he was doing until he set forth Jesus Christ on the cross. He set him on the cross. Why? In order to publicly declare before the whole world that man's sin has been dealt with. That Moses' sin was punished. God took that sin and put it on Christ. Jacob's sin, cheater that he was, put on Christ. Abraham's lie, put on Christ. David's adultery, David's murder, put on Jesus Christ. God did deal with their sin, but until that happened, there was a scandal in the universe. And men said that God had been unjust. God's name was stained. But God, when he put Christ on the cross, looked down the corridors of time. Actually, we should say when, when God declared Abram righteous and the others righteous, and every Old Testament believer, he looked down the corridors of time and he saw his own son being punished for their sins. At Calvary, God demonstrated his justice by pouring out his wrath. He poured it upon sin by pouring it out upon Christ. Because 2 Corinthians 5 says, He who knew no sin, that is Jesus Christ, became sin for us. Why? So that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. God was perfectly just. God was not unjust. You see, Christ wasn't just dying for you. He was dying for God. Christ wasn't just dying to save you. He was dying to save God's name from being stained. That is the primary reason of the cross, to declare the righteousness of God. It's not the only reason, but that is the primary reason. God's name has been cleared. God has been vindicated for, for saving and forgiving and justifying the great list of Old Testament believers. We can never accuse God of being unrighteous. He has dealt with everyone's sin. Paul said on Mars Hill to the Athenian philosophers, he said in past time, God winked at the sin. He overlooked it, but now he commands everyone to repent. He's dealt with it. His name has been cleared. And you know what? Not just for Old Testament saints, but for everybody. For everybody. Look at verse 26. For now, he says, for the demonstration, Paul says, I say of his righteousness at the present time that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. What's he saying? He deals with sin now the same way that he dealt with sins of Old Testament saints. It's the death of Christ. Christ didn't just die for the sins of Old Testament believers, but for our sins too. John says he's the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours, but the whole world. 1 John 2, 2. See, in other words, God is forever justified because the cross dealt with everyone's sin so that God is absolutely just, and he's also the one who justifies those who put their trust in Christ. In other words, he is righteous. God is righteous, and he's the one who declares others as righteous because of the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. 
See, folks, what you've just learned today is not just how to be forgiven of your sins and declared righteous, but you've learned how God can, can do this and still remain God. That's the problem that people ought to have with the gospel. How can God declare me righteous and still be righteous himself? See, the real issue behind the gospel is not how uh, to get a guilty man to a holy God. That's not the real issue. The real issue is how to get a holy God to a sinful man without violating his holiness. That's the real issue of the gospel. Our sins have separated us from God. If the problem is not how I can get to God, it's how, can, how is God going to get to me and still be holy? And the answer is in the cross. God's justice has been satisfied, so he remains just. And now he is able in love to declare and justify sinners as righteous. He's free to forgive and he's free to justify the person who does what? Puts his trust in Christ. Someone has said, uh, quoting from the Psalms, that mercy and truth kissed each other at the cross. That's exactly what happened. Justice and love kissed at the cross. They met there. Remember how we started out the message? Christ is the answer. What's the question? Now you know. You know why Christ is the answer and you know what the question is. How can a man be right with God? Christ's death is the answer. Have you taken that answer yourself? Have you, have you applied it to your life? Do you understand that this isn't just to be theoretical knowledge? Do you understand that you're not just to go out from here saying, now I know how it works. You ought to go out from here knowing Christ, putting, having put your trust in Him. Now that you know how it works, you understand what you need to do and you need to simply trust the death of Christ. Why? Because God is satisfied with that. He's not satisfied with anything else, but he is satisfied with the death of his son. And all we can do is say that I'm satisfied with it too. If God is satisfied with it, then it satisfies me and I trust his payment for my sin. Have you ever done that? If you haven't, you should. You should. How can a man be right with God? That's the only way. I hope you will. And dear friends, if you know Christ as Savior, you ought to go out from here worshiping him. Our Father, salvation is all of your grace. Lord, we've seen that today. We've seen that you're perfectly righteous in the plan of salvation. Nothing has been violated. We thank you for that. Lord, this is the heart of the gospel, and we pray that you'll deal with the hearts of those who have maybe never put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Pray that you'll draw them to yourself. Pray that you'll help them to see clearly the gift of righteousness that it's being offered and it's theirs to either take or refuse. Help us who know you to worship you because of, of an understanding how much salvation is, is all of you and so little of us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. In his book, Around the Wicket Gate, Charles Spurgeon borrowed a word picture from Pilgrim's Progress in comparing the gospel to a wicket gate through which all who want to enter the King's Highway must pass. He pointed out that there are quite a few people who stand around the gate knowing that it is the only way to get to where they want to go, but they don't enter. They have all sorts of excuses, but if they do not pass through that gate, they are doomed. 
Don't let excuses rob you of eternal life and don't let them rob God of the joy of giving it to you. You have been listening to Verse by Verse, a daily Bible class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. The radio adaptations of his clear, expository messages are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries, a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners like you. To hear today's class again, drop by our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can also hear or download previous programs, sign up for our free podcasting service, or send for our complimentary newsletter. That's versebyverseradio.org. Our class today was the conclusion of a three-part message. If you would like to hear the entire message at once, you might like to order a CD or a cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a phone number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours. The number again is 727-441-1714. We hope you can join us for the next verse by verse and our continuing study of Romans chapter 3. Pastor Steve will be considering the Apostle Paul's response to some of the excuses we make for not passing through that wicked gate that leads to eternal life. We will see that when we refuse to accept God's offer, we not only cheat ourselves, but we rob God of the glory that He deserves. You've got to be good enough, work enough, sweat enough. Christianity says you don't have to do any of that. You come to me. It is my life lived through you. Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.